Hello, my name is Claire Coder. I'm the founder and chief estrogen officer, CEO of Aunt Flow, making the world better for people with periods. And femtectomy is really just a white label to get money from Silicon Valley VC bros. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barato. In today's episode, I interview Claire Coder, the Chief Estrogen Officer, CEO, and founder of Ant Flow, which is making the world better for people with periods. If you've ever been in a women's public restroom, you'll notice this strange metallic box hanging on the wall. It offers the lowest quality tampons and pads for a quarter. These are so out of date, it's not even funny. If you're a femme fan, I wonder if you've thought about this before, or right now you're having a holy moly moment reflecting on these archaic hunks of metal, and why are they still in our bathrooms? Well, here's a femtech solution bringing bathrooms to the 21st century. Antflow is the first full solution to help businesses and schools stock their bathrooms with freely accessible tampons and pads. Their free vend wall-mounted dispenser allows companies to provide 100% organic cotton menstrual products at no charge to the employee, student, and guests. So no more quarters, no more giant metal boxes, and no more worst cardboard wrapped tampon from the 80s to shove up your vagina. Please be sure to visit their website at goantflow.com. You can learn how to advocate for Antflow dispensers in your business or school by incredible swag that is sure to make your conservative relatives a little uncomfortable and see all the impactful work that Antflow is doing by donating back to the community. Again, that's goantflow.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Claire, welcome to the show. Woohoo, glad to be here. <laughs> Listeners, we just had the coolest little, the world is so small, like incident. Um, I admitted to Claire that I'm kind of this strange person who literally have, I have like seven Rolodexes and they're filled with business cards of entrepreneurs and investors and people I've met in the last like six years of being in the startup community. And people laugh, they scoff, they say, why do you have all these business cards? What a waste, blah, blah, blah. Well, sometimes I'll go through them. And sure enough, I found Claire's old business card from years ago. I mean, God, what year do you think we met? That was easily 2016, 2017, maybe 2018. So it's really, really cool because Claire was like, nice to meet you. And I was like, oh, girl, let me let you know. We actually crossed paths. I think that is so cool. Yes, incredible. And I love that you keep business cards. I remember when I was actually 16, I made my first business cards uh, for a business that I had when I was in high school. And so I'm a huge fan of business cards. I'm back. I'm glad to be back into in-person meetings because I am that person that's like, please take my business card. There are tampons on the back of it. 
you'll appreciate it later. So I'm glad you kept it. I love it. I love it. Well, Claire, we always love to kick off our um, interviews with learning more about our guests. So can you tell us more about where you're from? What'd you study? Did you even go to school? Like what, what's your story? Did you work somewhere before you got into and in being obsessed with tampons? Like how, how did this all come about? Yes. Yes. So uh, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. And uh, when I was living in Toledo, I, uh, like most other high schoolers, was asked the question at the end of the, uh, at the end of my high school career, you know, where do you want to go to college? Mm -hmm. And when I was in high school, as I mentioned, I had a business card when I was 16. I was (laughs) selling buttons and magnets and compact mirrors. And I found so much joy out of selling things. Uh, like I made these buttons and I sold them to local coffee shops and, um, I went to all these art fairs and sold all this stuff. And I was like, man, I really find my own in business. Uh, but you know, growing up in Toledo, Ohio, being a founder wasn't a real career. Entrepreneurship was not something that people aspired to do. And it definitely wasn't a trajectory. I was asked at the end of my high school career, where do you want to go to college? Mm-hmm. And it was presumptive, not what are you doing after high school? Where are you going to college? Uh, and so obviously I wanted to have some form of success. And I thought the only way to be successful was to get a college degree. So I ended up going to the Ohio State University, go Bucks. Uh, and I was there for one semester studying good old comparative religion. And uh, that's when I realized, man, this whole college thing is not for me. Uh, and I wanted to start a company. I didn't know what it was, uh, but eventually I got my period and that helped me uh, build what is now known as Aunt Flow. And I'll talk a little bit about that too, but that's like a little bit of background to my, how I now have uh, this whole realm of uh, period products in my life, which is known as Aunt Flow. It's so funny. Um, I guess it's my Jersey accent. I, I say Aunt Flow. Mm. Aunt Flow, Aunt Flow, Aunt Flow, Flo, Crimson Wave, whatever. The company name is Aunt Flow, and it is a euphemism for menstruation. And I'll tell you how we got to this company and how it, it all happened. And yeah. Uh, so I was studying at Ohio State and I went to an event called Startup Weekend. It's a 54-hour-ish hackathon where everybody comes together. It was sponsored by Techstars, and you all come together, have these ideas, and build a quote unquote company by the end of the weekend. Uh Um, And that Friday night, I was at this event and I got my period and I go to the bathroom and there's one of those dispensers that you have to find a quarter to use. And I'm in the stall and I'm like, I really hope another person comes in so I can pedal a tampon off them. Of course, no one comes in. I don't have a quarter and I'm sitting on the toilet, rolling up my own toilet paper to make my own tampon. And I'm thinking, why the hell does it have to be this way? Here I am at a hackathon and I'm hacking it in the girls' restroom. <laughs> yes, I was hacking my own tampon and I was like, there has to be a better way. And so I thought, you know, if toilet paper is offered for free in bathrooms, why aren't tampons and pads? Mm-hmm. And that was back in 2016, 2017. Right after that weekend, I walked into my guidance counselor's office at The Ohio State and I said, I'm dropping out of college and I'm going to start this company. Uh, and she's like, do you want to take a leave of absence? And I said, nope, I'm going for it. Uh, I'm in, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, one thing, Brittany, that, um, was asked of me a few times from my friends was, you know, don't you want to have a backup plan or a plan B, you know, 99.9% of startups fail. 
It is incredibly hard to get off the ground. I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. I was not the quote unquote Silicon Valley dropout. I was a girl from Toledo, Ohio who dropped out of college to talk about menstruation for a living. Not the best look, not set up for success whatsoever. Um, But for me, knowing that all odds were against me, I knew I did not want to split my time by dedicating energy to a plan B. I needed to put all my energy in plan A for even the 0.01% chance of this working. I didn't want to divide that percentage uh, by allocating energy towards a plan B. And so I went for it. And uh, what we designed, what we did and what we built and what's now known as Aunt Flow is we've designed and developed a free vend tampon and pad dispenser so that businesses can schools can offer menstrual products for free in their bathrooms for employees, students, and guests. So that's the business. We support companies ranging from Princeton University to middle schools and high schools. Legislation has passed. Uh, We work with advocates all across the United States and across Europe to make sure that their businesses and schools and restaurants and bars and gyms all are stocked with Aunt Flo menstrual products. And that's, that's what we do. All right. I have a lot of questions. That's my job to have questions. And I have, yes, let's do it. <laughs> so can you help us visualize? Um, are you like just putting a basket with tampons in it? Or are you literally innovating that metal box thing that we all know so well to be the tampon dispenser that obvi- also, by the way, has like the worst tampons. Like I'm like, who sells these? They're like the cardboard maxi maxi tampon. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even but um you know is that are you making a new machine or is it just more of a like a it's a basket with it available in there right so you know we are on the femtech podcast where most folks are thinking about building their companies our mvp or minimum viable product back in 2018 was a basket i wanted to test our business is interested in this kind of solution. Our business is interested in investing in their employees and yes, and students. And so I started out with just a basket and businesses were interested. In fact, we sold to 250 business organizations across the United States in 2018 with these little boxes. And uh, the feedback that we received was, you know, Claire, this is great. There is no other solution right now, but we would really like a mechanism to reduce overusage, right? Like just picking up the box and taking it with you, right? Or how can we make sure? Yeah, (laughs) you know, we like to call it overuse. Sometimes people take more than they need um, in one time, but I get it. But also period poverty is real. So also fuck it. If you need to steal the basket, steal the basket. I think at least is probably your thinking too. Yeah, you know, sometimes people need to take more than one because they might be going to another event or yeah. doing more things and um, they might be living at or below the poverty line and this might be their only resource for menstrual products. And I'm excited to talk about period poverty. Um, but it, in our situation, we said, okay, we need to make this a little bit more institutionalized, industrial grade. We want to make it easy to clean. We have to keep the janitor in mind, right? Because the janitor goes in and they restock the toilet paper and the paper towels when we want to make it easy for them. And mm-hmm. so, yes, we did innovate on the dispenser. So those old, archaic, rusty ass coin operated dispensers are on the outs because we developed a patent pending tampon and pad dispenser for our 100% organic cotton tampons and pads. So we have the dispenser, 
that we sell to organizations as well as the menstrual products that are designed to fit that dispenser. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned like nothing is worse than those like yucky, mm -hmm. like cardboard applicator tampons. And they kind of have like I, the best way that I can think to describe the cardboard applicator tampons is like a little bit of a muffin top where like there's the tampon tube and then the thing like the tampon comes out the top and it makes the insertion just really uncomfortable. And so I, I know that you're laughing. I love this. Well, I was like, you know, we don't want to add plastic, right? We don't need to yeah. add more waste to our system. And so what we did is now we have, we have, uh, we have cardboard applicator tampons, but not the yucky muffin top kind. It has a smooth tip. So it just makes the insertion real easy. You go in without like scrubbing the inside of your vagina on the way up. Yeah. Cause we like, don't want to scrub. Yeah, that tampon was too big to even fit in the applicator. Right. And like, there's a reason you can, I mean, obviously there's tampons without the applicator, right. You just put it in with your hand, whatever. But like, mm -hmm. if you're going to have an applicator, let it not scrape my vagina on the way in. Like, can we, can it cone on the top, please? Yeah. Yes. Let it cone and also let it not kill all of the sea creatures, right? Like we don't need to have plastic. Like there is, there are solutions that mm -hmm. can still be comfortable and still environmentally sound. And so that is what we do at AntFlow is we holistically try to make the world better for people with periods and make the world better full stop. Um, that includes the environment too. So that is, that is our product as well as our dispenser. All right. So is it for free? Like are businesses covering the cost of the product inside? Right. So just like businesses purchase toilet paper to offer for free, they purchase AntFlow menstrual products and full system to offer for free to their employees and guests. And, um, you know, when we are talking about this, uh, as we were gearing up for our podcast, you were saying there's a variety uh, or a large amount of our listeners are students uh, maybe in high school or at university. And what's really exciting is nearly all of our menstrual product programs at middle schools, high schools, and universities have been spearheaded by youth activists saying, mm -hmm. raising their hands and saying, hey, school, I'm attending here. And I know from Aunt Philo, because we've done the research, by offering free menstrual products in middle schools and high schools, it increases attendance significantly. And by significantly, I mean 2.4%, which sounds like a small percentage, but if you compare it, girls are missing school in the United States here, not just internationally, but here domestically in the United States by 2.4% more because they have their period. And by offering free menstrual products, it increased that attendance by 2.4%. Um, and that's significant. And so when we say, yes, the products are offered for free to students, it's not just feel good. It actually has a real impact on performance and attendance in school. So that's how we think about it. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Um, can you help us? Like, I always love to like kind of visualize it. So I'm throwing away the ugly metal box thing from like, I feel like the 1960s, including the tampons. I feel like they were in there for the last four decades. Um, before okay. I gave it a quarter, <laughs> what should I visualize with Aunt Flo's like dispenser? What does it look like? Yes, great question. So we actually have 
three different types of dispensers. Mm -hmm. um, and the dispenser models spell out period. It's very easy to remember. The first model is the model P, which is pad only. Um, we see a lot of middle schools prefer to offer only pads just based on um, developmental and learning and um, Unfortunately, some taboos around tampons, but um, we do have that model for uh, for schools. Um, then we have the model E, P-E, we're spelling out period. Uh, we have the model E, which has tampons and pads side by side. And then the model R is that perfect replacement for the metal dispenser that's recessed in the, mall, the wall. So model R is metal, it's recessed in the wall. So you take out that old thing, you plug ours right in. And what's different about ours is, I'm not sure if you've ever noticed this, you probably have, if you go up into those old machines, you never know if you're gonna lose a quarter because there's no window to see what the hell is in that dispenser, right? You're like, this is gonna eat my quarter or it's gonna eat my quarter and give me a tampon that I don't even really want because they're nasty. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so our dispenser, obviously, all of our dispensers have windows. You can see what's in it. We really focus on transparency. Not only is that in our design, but it's also one of our core values at AntFlow. It's execute transparency. Mm -hmm. um, and then in addition to that, obviously, we want to make sure that our dispensers are inclusive. And what that means for us is it's ADA compliant. What that means, yay, fun acronyms. ADA compliant means that we meet all standards for handicap accessibility and accessibility within the washroom. So um, our dispensers include braille. It has easy to push buttons. There's no knob turning. For people that can see, I'm like wiggling my wrist. Um, that dexterity in the wrist can be really troublesome for folks. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, obviously, we want to make sure that it's really efficient for the janitors, right? Because most janitors aren't menstruating just based on their demographic. And so we want to make sure that they feel excited to restock our dispensers because they're so easy to restock. So those are the big differences. I hope that was a good visual for you all. Yes, totally. I can see it now. Um, who took the quarters before? I guess I've never asked this question. Who, where did those quarters go? Who there was a janitor was just like man you know like or did like a school have a budget the tampon quarter budget like where'd they you know, go I'm so glad you asked that question and nobody ever asked that question but you're right it is quite the conundrum because oftentimes if you are at a organization that has a coin operated dispenser um there needs to be two people to go into the bathroom to unload that dispenser because it deals with money and so typically there's a checks and balance system two people go in they take the quarters out they send it to the financial department and then there's a random like i'm imagining just like a random woman with like big dark glasses getting this pile of quarters she has to count them and take them to the bank and she's like why am I doing this yeah and uh what we've done is a few studies to understand the cost benefit of a coin operated dispenser versus aunt flow system mm -hmm. and believe it or not although organizations are charging for product it is actually more expensive than the aunt flow system now how is that it's because that poor old lady has with the big glasses has to count all those stupid quarters two people have to go into the bathroom to get the stupid quarters they have to lug it to the bank and all of that said it's just outrageous in terms of personnel we know that personnel is much more expensive than the menstrual products themselves so that's what that looks like i'm so glad you asked because you're right what the hell happens with those quarters yeah well, if Femtech Focus has taught me to do anything, it's just to walk around the world and ask, was this made with vaginas in mind? Was this made with a breast in mind? And so often I'm like, 
no, no, I don't think so. You know, or like, I never questioned where those quarters went to. There was some tampon quarter fairy out there who loves, he has all the tampon quarters, but <laughs> you yes. know, um, it's so interesting. It is more, probably more expensive. Yep. Some lady counting them out, putting them in rolls. It's ridiculous. And now a quick word from our sponsors. As we've talked about many times on the show before, we need more femtech entrepreneurs improving women's health and wellness across every category, especially sex. I've made some new friends over at Dame Products who are doing just that. Dame Products is a women-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you, listeners. Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from New York Times, W Magazine, and many more, including me. I recently purchased Dame's Partners Optional Bundle, which includes the Eva and the Arc Vibrators, plus Alu Lube. I used to sell sex toys in college and have never seen a design like theirs. The Eva has these small little wings that tuck under the labia for a hands-free experience. Also, their lube bottle comes with a grip slip. Think about the functionality, folks. I love it. Whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost or on a journey of self-exploration, I'm sure they'll earn a spot on your nightstand. Visit dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off the site. This is a hell of a deal, y'all. Go to dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off and see what they can bring to your bedroom and beyond. And now back to the interview. Speaking of accessibility, um, do y'all do anything for folks that may want to use a men's room, but are menstruators? Mm, yes. Um, so when we talk about not just women with periods, girls with periods, we specifically use the term people with periods. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you're alluding to um, folks that may menstruate, but don't identify as a woman, yes. um, mostly transgender. Uh, and I'm actually proud of our organization. Back in 2016, we were the first uh, product company to remove feminine hygiene from all of our product descriptions, all of our website, because what the hell is feminine hygiene? Like genuinely, what does that word mean? And it's just like the tan or the quarter fairy. If you like really think about it, you're like, what does the term feminine hygiene mean? Yeah. It could be a boob cleaner. Yeah. What, what does it mean? What do you think it means? When I think feminine hygiene, I think clean vagina which is an oxymoron because vaginas are clean on their own. You, their uh, vaginas are like your eye. You don't have to wash it. Just splash some water if you need it, but otherwise don't fucking touch it. No soap, no nothing. And so it is kind of like feminine hygiene is just oxymoron because the feminine, the vagina is self-cleaning, right? Right. And That's you can still, and you can still have a vagina, but not be feminine. And also <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going very scientific, like microbiome shit, but yeah, you're right. Also, you can have a vagina and not be, yeah, yep, totally. And so when we think about this term, it just, uh, 
accentuates the taboo nature of menstrual products because it's not calling it what it is. It's like this workaround language to say like, not the thingy, feminine hygiene. Um, and so instead of- yeah. Lady bits. Yeah. Lady bits. And so we call the products what they are, menstrual products for yeah. people who menstruate. Um, and when we think about accessibility to uh, menstrual products, we do work with um, organizations to stock all bathrooms or female bathrooms and gender neutral or gender equal bathrooms um, or family bathrooms as well. Google, for example, they stock all bathrooms with on flow tampon and tampons and pads. Netflix stocks all bathrooms with on flow tampons and pads. Some universities stock um, female bathrooms as well as gender neutral bathrooms. But it's really important to remember, you know, when we think about the really looking at the full space and making sure that it's adequate for menstruators when installing menstrual products in a male bathroom or a gender neutral bathroom, there also needs to be a disposal unit. Because when you think about it, most male bathrooms don't even have them currently. And so we need to make sure that they have disposal units. And so that's why we rolled out a disposal unit line at OntFlow as well. Um, and it's not like that yucky metal disposal unit. It's touch-free. So you don't have to touch the stupid little thingy and like try to get the tampon and the wax bag. It is, it is so, it's like almost like, you know, that game that you play at the fair with the fish and you like try to put the ping pong ball into the little, the fish glubby glup thing. And you're like dangling that tampon into the wax bag. And you're like, I hope it gets in there. Yes. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, we have like handless everything. You can open shit with your face, but you still have to physically with your hands open up that little metal trash can in the ladies' bathroom. Yeah. Oh Lord. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, you're really making me question a lot of things. Um, I personally I uh am on birth control that has let me not have to menstruate for like the last five years. That's my choice. It works really well for me. God bless it, whatever. So I have kind of been a little bit removed from this. But at the same time, it comes right back. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, like it hasn't changed the last six years that I haven't been menstruating. Like to say it looks the same. Yes. Uh, But hopefully over the next six years, we see dramatic improvements um, and we can even see that from a legislation standpoint. So um, when you think about six years ago. Um, there were no states that required middle schools and high schools to offer free menstrual products in the bathrooms. And now six states require middle schools and high schools to offer freely accessible menstrual products in 50% of the bathrooms. Um, And this legislation is obviously uh, legendary in the sense that it brings light to this situation. And it's not the nurse's office, right? Like imagine that trek, you get your period, you're in middle school, you have to do the walk of shame to the nurse's office. And she's like, the nurse is like, oh, sweetie, I'll take care of you. But meanwhile, you're bleeding and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you miss 15 minutes of class, just like doing this walk around of the whole thing. Two other kids there with favors or maybe they're faking it, but nevertheless, they're there. And you have to be like, I have blood running down my leg. Yeah. Yes. Necessarily the most like, you know, especially if she's busy and she's like, what do you, what do you want? You know? And it's just like, this is not conducive. My body's growing. I feel different. Like middle school. My God. Oh, it's hard. hard Your body getting used to it, you know? And remember, I mean, one of the odd, most common questions that we receive as a company is, well, why don't you just bring your own? Can't you plan it? Mm -hmm. 
And for people that don't menstruate, I mean, that's a reasonable assumption, right? You've never had this peculiar thing. You're like, oh, it happens once a month. But no, there's always that like sneaky little period attack. And you're like, I thought it was going to be tomorrow. Or especially when you're in middle school or I started my period in high school, it took me at least three years to even figure out what the cadence was. Um, And then let alone in middle or later stages of a female's life where they might be having a baby. There's, um, and then there's the perimenopause period where you're like, I thought that I was done with this thing. And then month 11 comes around and they're like, ha ha, you're not in menopause yet. Ha ha. Then the whole 12 months starts over before you hit real menopause. Um, and so no, you, the benefit of offering menstrual products in the bathroom is for those scenarios of wow, I didn't know that I was getting my period right now, but you are. And there it is. So yeah. Wow. This is, um, seriously so cool. So, I mean, you're doing such big impact. Do you, do you know about any other companies, um, like their culture around menstrual products in the bathroom, or are you mostly just know what, how we're doing it here in the U S um, internationally, what that, what the landscape looks like. Yeah. 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 So right now, uh, Auntflow focuses on the United States market, um, both for our sales of menstrual products, as well as donation of menstrual products. And I haven't mentioned this, but for every 10 tampons and pads that we sell, we donate one to a menstruator in need in the United States. And this is the 16 million women that are living at or below the poverty line in the United States, tampons and pads are not covered by WIC. They are not covered by food stamps. And so they're incredibly difficult to get access to when you're living at or below the poverty line. Um, and so we really make sure that we're donating products back to people who need them in addition to obviously stocking uh, businesses and schools with products. So most of our work is in the United States. I'm not the best to speak about international, although um, we do have some exciting things coming for Europe, which I can't talk about, but keep your ears wide open. Well, listeners, uh, definitely hit us up on social, both AntFlow and Femtech Focus, and let us know what your country's like. We have listeners in 102 countries, which is crazy. So we want to know what's happening in your country. Do you need AntFlow? Or is like your country like, hell yeah, menstruators, we got your back. Somehow I doubt most of y'all will go with the latter, but um, <laughs> where do we need to go next? Where does the inflow have to go next, right? Great, um, great, great. I can't wait to see everybody's responses. And what about um, like the prison system? I recently heard a story about women like, you know, they work for literally pennies. It's essentially, well, that's a whole nother debate, but let's, they have a little bit of budget, um, incarcerated, you know, menstruators, and then they have to use that usually on their pads and tampons. So are you guys interested in like going that route? Mm. Prison market is definitely interesting. Um, and holy moly, I'm, I'm glad you asked about this because this is an area that is also overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. Prior to 2018 and still a little bit, unfortunately today, but I'll talk about some of the changes there from a legislation standpoint. Um, prior to 2018, Tampons and pads were charged at an exorbitant rate in prisons. Um, so people who menstruate, menstruated have to, had to pay on average $17 for a box of tampons, um, which is, I mean, like you can get the organic of organic products, like the highest of highest end products, and you're still not paying $17 for a box of 18 tampons. It's crazy. Um, so when we think about the cost of those products, it's just not um, 
one, more expensive, and then also not uh, aligned with the amount of money that a person who is incarcerated is uh, making. And Mm so the one good thing that has come out of the Trump administration is actually a signed bill uh, that now requires federal prisons to offer menstrual products for free to incarcerated people who need them. Um, so that was really incredible. Um, anything good happened by the way, during that time. And that's a very good thing. So we try to look at the positive and that is an incredible thing. Um, that being said, once again, it's like hard to implement. There's not, uh, I'm sure that there's a variety of activists that are listening right now. Make sure that you call your local prison and see what they're actually doing or talk to somebody to understand what's going on, because this is one of those other quote unquote, unfunded mandates, um, where it's a requirement, but the frequency of how often that is happening is, uh, it's it's a little bit unclear. It's not very transparent to understand what's going on there. Interesting. I think, um, I would love to do an episode on, uh, women's health of incarcerated, you know, women. I think that would be a really interesting podcast. If that's your specialty, reach out. We want you on the show. Um, (laughs) well, Claire, this has been so awesome. What are some of your future goals for AmpFlow? Holy moly, my job is not done until the world is better for people with periods. And we got a long way to go, folks, long way to go. Um, but genu- generally and genuinely, what we're trying to do next with Aunt Flo is continue to promote advocacy for menstrual products. And I cannot say this enough when I say majority, like I can't even name one menstrual product program that was launched at a school Um, or university that was not spearheaded by a student. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're interested and you're like, holy moly, I believe that I can make this happen. It's not that difficult. Um, It takes some time, but it's not that difficult. Uh, We have tons of resources on our website, goontflow.com for folks that are saying, yes, I want to do this. We have had Girl Scout troops. We've had um, seniors in high school to do this for their senior class project. We've had university students bring it to their university for a part of their um, uh, student government campaigning. Uh, It's really incredible the work that youth can do and achieve. And that's what I'm most excited for as we progress over the next few years is how our next generations are really changing the entire menstrual space. I love it. We have two last questions our listeners really love. The first one is we have a lot of aspiring femtech founders. So if someone wanted to start a femtech company, what is an area in women's health and wellness that still needs innovating? Oh, golly. Love this. Love this. Um, I'm very interested in the menopausal space. Um, I don't know what it is yet, but very interesting and not a lot of innovation there. Yeah, totally. Quick question about that. Um, I mean, our listeners may hear the youth in your voice. May I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 24. 24. Um, I have not gone through menopause. um, Although, and I think that this is part of the gap. When people start companies, the average age is 20s and 30s. Um, So at that point, most women have not gone through menopause. And so it's hard to solve problems that you don't experience yourself. And so um, I really hope that somebody can take on this challenge that does intimately understand the problems that folks um, that are experiencing menopause, perimenopause, postmenopause go through. Um, Obviously, I'm not equipped to do that, but I'm interested in hearing your ideas. And you heard exactly what I said without me saying it, because somebody brought it up to me recently that you know, uh, one of the issues with a male only founded femtech company, it's like, 
how can you innovate for women if they're not on the team? And then someone said, well, it's the same with like the age of it's young girls doing a menopause company. I ask, you know, like, how can you, and I, and it just like blew my mind. I was like, you're right. You know, if I'm all like male only team, you need a vagina. It's like woman, you know, pre-menopausal team solving menopause. It's like, one of y'all has needs to have gone through it. Y'all <laughs> like, mm-hmm. otherwise, like, how do you know what the real issue is? So it's just interesting. And you, and you heard right through what I was putting out there. Yeah, um, that's a great point. Our last question is, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? Mm. Um, Great question as well. I love all of these and they're (laughs) great to like end us out with because Mm -hmm. you're catching me in my like thinking phase. Um, I think some of it is recognizing that there there doesn't always need to be technology to make real products. Um, and when we think about our company, we're constantly asked, why don't you make your tampon dispenser or have IOT connectivity or add technology to your tampon or why isn't there tech? Uh, and our investors are so frustrated, right? Our new investors are like, we don't get it. Um, but sometimes you just don't need technology. There's so much that you can do with mechanical engineering rather than electrical engineering, right? And so our dispensers don't have technology because we don't want to have our janitors have to deal with batteries or connectivity issues or Wi-Fi issues or Bluetooth issues or security issues, right? Like we just want people to get the menstrual products. And so I think that when we think about the industry around femtech, sometimes there doesn't need to be tech. It just can be an improvement on the products and a lot of the products need improved full stop. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't articulate that better because that is something that comes up for us. And I get asked that, you know, as a leader in femtech, like, well, does tampons even, you know, do they qualify? They're not tech. And I'm like, all right, y'all everyone's issue with this word femtech, I just want to let you know a secret here. We're using the word femtech as a white label to let us get the Silicon Valley money, y'all. We needed a word, okay? <laughs> really doing here. I'm just going to reveal it. It's a word so we can get Silicon Valley bros to fund us because that's where a lot of the money is. And they connect with, uh, you know, two acronymed, like, uh, not acronym, but you know what I mean? Two-syllabled word. Oh, yeah, like the, the short word. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You, I've never heard that said better. It's just a white label to get Silicon Valley money. Bing. And with that folks, we're wrapping it up. No. <laughs> That's the best. I'm like, listen to my show. We talk about trans health all the time. Like it's obviously not a, I'm not inclusive. It's a, this is the word we need to like get the conversation going because saying vagina was just too big of a jump, you know? Um, and so femtech kind of like even so playing field cool. Now you can talk about it too. Good, good. You know, maybe we should just start calling it badge tech and just see where it goes. I love that. I love it. I mean, after fortunately, my show's got a lot of traction listeners. You got to let us know. You'll follow us if we change the name, but, uh, oh my gosh, Claire, this is so much fun. I knew that we, uh, um, you know, there was some weird thing. I knew I held your card, had tampons on it. I said, you know, I, it was like two careers ago for me, but, um, I knew you were onto big, important stuff and I'm so happy to see how much progress you've made. It's awesome. Oh, well, I was so glad to be here. Thank you so much.
Thank you to our sponsor, Dame Products, and thank you, listeners, for listening to my interview with Claire Coder, the Chief Estrogen Officer and founder of Ant Flow. Did you know that menstrual products are not covered by food stamps or WIC? No one should ever be forced to choose between food and tampons. That's why Ant Flow donates menstrual products to organizations in the USA that support menstruators in need. In 2020, Ant Flow donated almost 1 million products. Their dispensers in 2020 also permitted 600,000 students to not worry about getting their period at school and being unprepared. One of my favorite stories on their website is a Girl Scouts troop in Colorado. They raised money to bring Ant Flow to local schools, promote period positivity, and offer menstrual education. Now, that gives me hope for the future of women's health with youth today taking on these types of projects. If you're interested in getting Ant Flow in your school, salon, bar, hotel, co-working space, wherever menstruators menstruate, then visit GoAntFlow.com to learn how. Already Femme fans, be sure to give the show a five-star review, share it with a friend, join our virtual community, introduce yourself, I want to meet you, shoot me a message. Join Femme Pro for only $10 a month to access our library of Femtech and Startup webinars. Also, be sure to uh, check out our monthly book club, subscribe to our newsletter, and set up a monthly recurring donation to Femtech Focus. We are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on your donations to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.